welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and today we are talking about moon magic. Originally, I thought I would do a quick one, you know, fit it into my slated 30 minutes for the working professional, but I can't. I love moon magic, and each time I started editing this, I ended up doing just the opposite. I added one more thing. So here we are, moon magic in a two-part series. We got a double hit this month of two-part podcasts, uh, witchcraft and cats, and now moon magic. How fitting, right? They sure do tie together in many, many ways. But first, I always like to uh, pull some things I did over the weekend to help with my own personal craft. It sure started off with a nice lunch on Friday to launch the weekend. Um, I went with some friends to a local fundraiser to help feed members in my community. And it's called Feed the Valley, and the luncheon was an amazing six-course meal paired with wine, and my palate could not have been happier. Of course, what happens when you get a little wine in you? Uh, walls are broken down and courage is enhanced. So on our drive back home, I played an episode of this podcast. <laughs> Actually, I just grabbed last week's episode on Not Magic, but I played it in the car for them to hear on our drive back. Thus, coming out of the broom closet. I have to say, I'm on a pretty good run with this because they both accepted me completely, as is, witchy vibes and all. So my circle got a little bigger this weekend. The big time consumer this past weekend was, however, some very little fuzzy kittens that I am fostering. I think the Witchcraft and Cats podcast created a bunch of energy with Freya, and so a little batch, like really little, about a week old, week and a half old, uh, came to me just as the second part of the podcast aired. I got a call asking about fostering that Wednesday. Now, fuzzy little fosters at this age are very time-consuming. Bottle feeding at two weeks old is around the clock every two hours. And yes, even at night. <laughs> so the question is valid. Uh, am I up for it? Of course, I have done bottle feeding recently, but the last time I bottle fed five kittens, gosh, I, it was easily uh, when I was back in my 30s, maybe mid-30s. So now in my mid-50s, Getting up every two hours at night is a different ball game, but I said yes, I am up for it. So on Monday, the tiny little fur balls were picked up and the journey of raising them began. Now, fostering animals is so very important to me. It always has been. I've been a foster mom for both wildlife and domestic animals for a really long time, well over 30 years. And honestly, even before that, I was trying to save them on my own as a child. So now I am on uh, the board of directors for my local humane society, and right now I am a foster for them. So the goal with fostering is one of two things. <laughs> for wildlife, it's all about releasing them back into nature. For domestic animals, it's all about getting them adopted. So it's important. Every minute you're spending with them, you're teaching them how to interact with humans. And while you know the bottle feeding is happening like clockwork, the love, attention, and care is also happening, so they grow up into lovable, adoptable kittens to find their forever home with a family that needs them. It's a process, 
and one I take seriously with each batch I get. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm making a difference, and I find I can do amazing things when it's for something I love. And I love being a mom, even to the furry fosters in my life. I love it. Now, I did not do a card poll this past weekend. Um, I don't know. Do you guys ever do this? I think I asked it before, but you know, you like the last one you did so much that you don't want to do another one. <laughs> the last cards I pulled were the um, Sandpiper Spirit from my Oracle deck and the Queen of Swords from my Tarot deck, and they were so totally perfect for the questions I was asking. I honestly didn't want new cards. I still don't. <laughs> so I am swimming around in the wonderful direction those two cards gave me, and it's going to hold me over till next week when I know I'll be doing a card pull for the full moon. And speaking of the full moon, this week she is waxing. She is gaining strength. She is growing her power, which is pulling and drawing a bunch of energy for her full moon showing next week. And if you are tracking the moon, this is the second full moon of August. Yep. So for now, it's all about taking action this week. It's about getting those projects you drafted with the new moon started. Give them energy, give them motion and, and movement for growth. Just as the moon is growing in power, so too should your projects. All right, let's get right into moon magic. I have my notes. Um, I have a quick ad first, and then we are diving into it. Moon magic. Now, I promise to do my best to keep these two episodes on track, but since Annika is joining me for part two next week, I have a strong suspicion that it will go well beyond my 30 minutes with her, if it doesn't also do it today. So if you normally listen to this on your lunch break or on your way home um, or on your way to work, stay with me as long as you can as we dive into the moon and all of the amazing magic she has. Now, if you have been listening to my podcast over the past year, you have certainly found a theme. I always like to start with a bit of history about the topic, and today is no different. In fact, the easy break in creating two episodes is going to be much like I did with the witchcraft and cats. More you know, general type information on the first part, and then spells and workings specific to our craft with Annika on the second part. So our moon, our Earth's moon. Even if one is not into the magical side of things, there is no disputing the moon has power and affects us all. So let's, let's start there with the facts, or at least some of the most widely accepted concepts about the moon. So the first one of kind of the top four is going to be that, you know, scientists believe the moon was created over four and a half billion years ago. And it was created by some type of collision with Earth and either another planet or something about the size of Mars. Now, the moon they believe, is a piece of Earth that broke off from the impact. These pieces um, that were kind of floating out after the impact were pulled together with gravity, thus forming our moon. Now the moon is a little over 200, or a little under, sorry, not over, it's under 240 miles away from us, and it circles or orbits the Earth, completing a full cycle every 29 and a half days, which is why in our calendar layout of, you know, that 30 or 31 days in most months, it will catch up to us like it does this month 
and we'll have two beautiful full moon showings in one month. Now, as the moon is circling around Earth, it's actually doing its own rotation as it rolls around. So think of a marble rolling around a circle. It's, it's fluid, right? It moves. And then lastly, the moon does not have its own light. Rather, it is reflecting, actually reflecting back the sun's light to us, which is why the moon changes shape throughout its cycle, looking you know, full for part of it and then dark for the other, and then lots of waning and waxing in between. But this is all generated by the location the moon is to the sun in its rotation. Now, there is a bunch of amazing data we can geek out on and research when it comes to the moon, craft or no craft. It is always humbling to me to learn more about our planets, our solar system, and everything in it. But my tie to the moon comes in a couple of parts, three really. Two are very calendar-based. So I was born in July of 1969, which is the year and the month we went to and landed on the moon. Now the month of July is Cancer, a water sign that is all about the moon. So calendar aside though, I feel it. I emotionally feel it. I feel the changes, and honestly, I experience different things with different phases of the moon that are pretty specific to my craft. Now, going back to our ancestors, I think it's so cool to know that they looked at the very same moon we look at today. Back then, the legends and the stories and myths surrounding the moon were in every culture around the globe. And while the you know, stories told might have varied by location, the moon itself was, and is today, a universal common source of energy for everyone, every culture, on every continent, all around the world. While as, you know, forever back as we can go as humans, our moon has graced our evening skies. Now the first documentation that we have found goes back to the year 1609. Ironically, also in the month of July, <laughs> but back in 1609, July of 1609, and they are actual sketches made by a mathematician named Thomas Harriet. And they are his interpretation of the moon that he saw. So the second, uh, later in that actual same year, November of, of 1609, was by Galileo, an Italian physicist. So even though it's documented with drawings dated July 1609 from, all right, my AC just turned off, so if it sounds really different, <laughs> that's why I'm being a big baby and staying inside with the cool, the cool forced air. Um, okay, so even though it is documented with drawings dated July 1609 from Harriet, Galileo is most well known for the first moon drawing since he actually battled the church with his concept. The Roman Catholic Church said that Earth, Earth was the center of everything. And since Galileo went against this theory, he was put under house arrest. He died in 1642, in this very house that he was confined to by the church, who said his findings were wrong. Well, whether we are in you know, 1609 or 1700, or really any period of time, the moon physically affects our planet Earth. Most commonly, the moon was used to track seasons, and the farmer, farmer's excuse me, almanac has um, some of these names. So they are, let's see, wolf moon, or old moon, also called moon after Yule. This one comes in January. February has the ice moon and hunger moon. The storm moon and worm moon comes in March. April has our growing moon and our pink moon. 
The hair moon and milk moon pops up in May. June is the mead moon and dyad moon. The hay moon and wart moon is in July. August brings the corn moon and dispute moon. Harvest moon and vine moon shine in September. October is the blood moon and shedding moon. The snow moon and the tree moon, also maybe called the trading moon, come in November. And December wraps it up with the cold moon and the oak moon. These full moons were very important to our ancestors. January's wolf moon was named as such because, you know, the cold, harsh winter days in January when hungry wolves would scream for food and howl. This is a time for newness, a fresh beginning after Yule. In March, um, worms would start to come out of the thawing earth soil, showing a time that spring was coming, so that is called the worm moon. Think of all the flowers that come up in April, giving it the pink or growing moon name. And with all the activity and fertility comes babies. (laughs) So the hair moon and milk moon for May says just that. Baby time when milk is needed. So each month's moon has a reason for its name. And the reason ties directly into the seasons and what is happening here on Earth at the time. The moon not only works with the changing seasons, it actually affects what's going on here with us. Back to the rotation of the moon and Earth, without our moon, we would be spinning much, much faster. And we would be way off tilt. That gravitational pull and dance that we do together allows us to spin just right and tilt just perfectly so our planet survives. Now, it's pretty common knowledge that the moon cycle controls our ocean's tides. But did you know that certain ocean life actually gets signals from the moon of when they should spawn? Kind of like humans getting signals that it's time for fall or time for spring. Marine life get their signals from the moon too. And not just marine life, but wildlife on land. Nocturnal animals are observed as being much more active during full moons. And in general, many animals sync up with the moon cycle to best reproduce and keep their species thriving. Not just animals. This goes for insects and birds, too. I know it's used more as a joke, but, you know, pregnant women going into labor on a full moon is something that may not have a bunch of numerical data tied to it. But as someone in the healthcare profession or an ER nurse, you know, when a full moon is approaching, they will be ready for extra babies coming their way. Did you know that each year the moon, our beautiful moon, moves a little farther away from Earth? Not much. But it is measurable, right? It might be something like under two inches each year, but still, it is slowly drifting away from us. And guess what? Our Earth is slowing down. With each inch farther away from us, our planet is slowing down its nice little rotation pace. And this affects our climate. This affects our tides. Everything, really. As much as we need our sun, our handsome, masculine, energetic sun, we need our moon our beautiful feminine moon. We need the balance of both to survive. If you are just starting out your your personal moon journey, um, I'm going to bet you are fully aware of the full moon. Most everyone feels something on a full moon, if for nothing else, the pure satisfaction of appreciating her beauty when all lit up and shining. Now, if you ask someone who may know a little about moon cycles, you'll probably hear that there are four, right? full moon, a waning moon, the new moon, and the waxing moon. And they are right. 
Those are the solid basic four stages. But if I may, walk us through all five stages of the moon cycle and what happens in between them. So it may seem like we should start with a full moon, but let's not. Let's start at the beginning of the moon cycle, and this is called the new moon stage. It is the time just after complete darkness when the moon's cycle ends that you'll see that first sliver, that tiny little glimmer of light, that crested moon shape that comes up in the sky. This is considered the first lunar phase and the sun and the moon have um, come into the same positions. They are starting over. We have a fresh beginning and a new moon that is starting to grow. Next comes the waxing moon. And this stage actually does have three parts to it. In a waxing moon, you have waxing crescent, first quarter, and waxing gibbous. Now, during this time, the moon is gaining strength. She's getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. Then it happens. Our third stage, which is the full moon. This beautiful, huge, full round moon time, which we are all very aware of. Next and fourth is the waning moon. And just like the waxing moon, this stage also has three parts in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> so while our waxing moon ended waxing gibbous, our waning moon is going to start waning gibbous. Then it's third quarter and then waning crescent. And during this time, the moon is getting smaller and smaller until we barely see that little sliver in the sky. Now the fifth and final stage is the dark moon. And yes, I definitely hear people use the term new moon and dark moon interchangeably, but they are not one and the same. The dark moon is the end of the moon's cycle, while the new moon is the beginning of one. So five, five very distinguishable phases of the moon that we will see and go through with her during each of her cycles. And in case you have not heard, there are 13 moon cycles each year. Guess what that matches up to? Mm-hmm. Yep, a woman's natural cycle. We have 13 of them every year during our fertile years. So ladies, don't let religious trauma tell you the number 13 is bad. I know Friday the 13th can be a superstitious day for some, but really, it's only considered bad by those following the Christian faith. Before patriarchal times, it was a day to worship the feminine and honor the cycles of creation, of, of death and rebirth. So on the contrary, it's an incredibly lucky day. It's a day of the goddess. The number 13 is tied to so many things, but for the feminine, we have 13 feminine moons in our year. And the number 13 in feminine energy is considered to be, you know, the number of death, rebirth, creation, fertility, and blood. If you are a Friday the 13th type girl or are learning more about the power of it, we only have one more day like this in 2023. There was a uh, Friday the 13th back in January and there will be one more in October. And then that's it. That's it for this year. And we only had one last year. So they don't come as often as you think. And when we do, in fact, get a magnificent Friday the 13th day, celebrate it, embrace it, honor it. So don't let religious trauma tell you the number 13 is bad. It's not. Quite the opposite. It's very, very powerful. It is inherently feminine, and it is so very tied to the moon. All right, it's hard not to get into some of the amazing witchy stuff we can do with the moon and all of her amazing stages, but I am saving it. All that juicy good stuff for next week when Annika will be with me. 
And remember how I was kicking myself last week since I switched things up and bumped the not magic and in real quick and then realized I missed the new moon to tie the moon magic episodes to? Well, it worked out just as it was supposed to. I have so much data, and honestly, these two episodes are just touching on the topic, but I have so many notes that I could not get everything into one recording, so I split it. Um, Then I reached out to Annika to see if she would join me for the second part, and when I booked it on the calendar, I realized the second part with her will air on a full moon. So hold tight. We are getting super witchy next week. For now, though, let's get back to the amazing moon and her five cycles and get into the specific energy that is associated with each one. All right, new moon. You know, this stage is all about the beginning of something, the fresh start, the time to set intentions and define your manif- manifestations. It's a great time to cleanse, not just clean, but, you know, cleanse your space. If you do shadow work, this is a wonderful time to journal and work on areas of self-improvement. Second, waxing moon. Now, if all you remember is waxing, great. (laughs) That's perfect. It's the stage in between a new moon and a full moon. But if you want to dive deeper, there are those three parts to it. So waxing crescent, you know, think of things growing, like sprouting up. It's our time to get a little pep in our step and gain some momentum. Vision boards, if those work for you, I would say do it now. As the moon is gaining energy, it's time to take your dreams and put them into action. Get that vision board going of what you see happening. It's a positive time with good energy. Now, first quarter, think of more power and strength coming to you. And the goals you set with the new moon are going to start getting some momentum too. Work on the challenges. Take that added momentum and use it to fuel yourself. Now, the gibbous stage of our waxing moon, these are the days right before the moon is at its fullest. Like, you're almost there. You see the end goal. It is not a time to give up, you know, as so many do right before they succeed. Rather, keep (laughs) pace. All right, sorry. (laughs) But you know that time right before you succeed, so many people give up. Rather, keep pace and be patient. Keep working hard. All right, third, our full moon. Oh, my goodness. Think of how big and full and round the moon is right now during this stage. I would mirror it. You want to focus on power, your own personal success, uh, charging things under the greatness of the full moon and having your intentions and goals reach their peak. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of completeness. It's all about harvest and fulfilling your dreams. Now on the fourth stage, the, the waiting moon, you know, just as the moon is slowing down and shining less and less, it's our time to release and let go. It's about banishing what we don't want. Just like the waxing phase having, you know, three parts, you've got those three parts again here too. So on the waning gibbous, the moon starts to lessen. I would reflect. What worked? What didn't work in the first half of the moon cycle? It's time to figure out what you need to let go of just as the moon is releasing and letting go of her size and strength. Now that last quarter step, let them go. Really release. Like it's time. Bad habits, bad routines, curses, negativity, cord cutting um, is perfect here. Whatever you have to do to release and let go of what is holding you back, now is the time. All right, waning crescent. You know, the cycle is almost done here, so it's time to rest. This is a great time to focus on balance and meditate, if that's something you do. If you are tired, so is the moon. 
keep yourself healthy and do what you need to do to stay balanced. All right, fifth and final stage is the dark moon. And I quickly want to add something here. Don't think of the dark moon and the full moon in connection to like good or bad. In general, I think people tend to think, you know, light is good and dark is bad, which is silly, right? We need both to flourish. We need both to be whole. We need both light and dark to balance our lives. So the dark moon, it is not a bad moon, nor does it drum up some odd mystery type feelings. The dark moon is all about the last stage. And we can use this time to retreat, look deep, like really look deep, you know, within ourselves. It's our home time and a space to work on our divination and connect to other realms. If the full moon is all about external, you know, that big showing, that celebration and expansive energy, think about the opposite with a dark moon. We are internal right now. Our energy has decreased just like the moon's energy, and it's time to curl up with a blanket and be ourselves. It is about banishing and letting go. The moon is just as tired as you are, so take the time to keep yourself safe as you reflect and look inward, because you need to be healthy to do it all over again when the new moon starts peeking her smile around the corner. Now, if you follow the astrological signs, um, our top three, also known as the big three, are going to be our sun sign, our moon sign, and our rising sign. Now, you, you'll need an app or something online to get your full mapping. And if you have not done it, I highly recommend it. You know, I did. Um, this is not an area of expertise for me at all. So I honestly don't understand half of it, but I like the idea and I'm trying. So for the signs, where they are on your chart will help you understand more about you as a whole person. Um, the moon, she's all about our emotions. So knowing your moon sign will help you navigate this emotionally charged area. And while I'm by no means an expert with astrology, the basic rundown is going to be this. Sun sign. This is your core identity, right? It's your self-image and it's your confidence. Moon sign. This is your emotions. It's where your heart lies. It's what motivates your heart. It is all about your feelings, like that inner you. Now, rising sign, this is also called your, your personal brand, right? It's your approach to life and your overall perspective. It can also be called your mask, since it's the external part of you that others typically see or what you allow them to see. So for the moon sign, you know, your moon sign in astrology, you're going to find out what impacts your emotions. This is the feminine side of things, right? So the sun is masculine and the moon is feminine. Knowing your moon sign will help you understand your internal, more emotional world, your deeper thoughts and motivations. Your moon sign helps guide you in the subconscious. It will help us understand our connection to the past. It will help with our sense of belonging and what makes us feel at home. There's a bunch more, and if you're interested, I know there are many free sites online that will generate a report for you to you know, find out what your moon sign is, but I think all you have to do is search for birth chart. Not 100% sure on that one. Um, but as always, be careful on the web. This is your personal data, so be very, very careful. There are so many ways we can work with the moon and our own personal day in and day out schedules, along with our work schedules. Now, if you break the calendar year up into quarters, you have four of them, right? Q1 or quarter one is January, February, March. Q2 is April, May, June. Q3, July, August, and September. And Q4, October, November, December. Well, you can kind of treat the calendar year much like the four basic stages of the moon when planning out and working on your goals 
or I can tell you that's what I do. So quarter one is kind of like that new moon stage, right? This stage is all about the beginning of something, the fresh start. The new year has begun. We are making our goals and putting them into action right now. Q2, quarter two, it's kind of like the little waxing stage. We are getting stronger with spring and gaining strength and momentum with our goals. Q3, pretty much like the full moon. We are in it now, right? It's summer. We are at our peak. We are looking at the goals made in January and celebrating our wins. It's harvest time. Q4, pretty much like the waning moon. It's the last stretch. What uh, kept us from reaching our goals? What habits are holding us back? It's time to let them go, to release. And then, if I can, sneak it in. The dark moon, the quiet time. It's that time just before we start again. It's all about family. It's all about coming home. It's about taking personal time to look within, deep within, and rest before we do it all over again in January. You know, another way to work with the moon is on a weekly basis. Take that, you know, full cycle and break it down over seven days. Monday is, in fact, the moon day. So I won't do a full recap here, but the topic, if it does interest you, um, you can go back because I have an episode on each day of the week. Um, just have to go back and look for them. I think Monday Moon Day is episode number four. Honestly, yep, four. So if you do go back, please judge nicely. I definitely did not have my cadence down yet with that episode. So I pulled my five main summary notes from that episode um, just so I could recap them here. So number one, Monday being the day of the moon, it's really going to elicit a bunch of emotions. It's a good day to work with your instincts and intuition. It's a great day for self-care, rest, and focus. It's a feminine day, a perfect day to incorporate the element of water into what you are doing. It's also going to be a day of comfort food. Number two, Mondays get such a bad rap because the heavy, heavy emotions that can happen that day. The moon is all about emotions and instincts, and the cancer sign is tied directly to the moon. So Mondays can have some heavy mood swings that are really high and really low. Number three, the moon's energy on Monday is, you know, in general, geared towards women, beauty, the home, family, cooking, and healing. If you focus on and develop your intuition on Mondays, it is a great practice. So is practicing your divination. All right, number four, what should we do on Mondays? Definitely make a to-do list, right? Monday is the ultimate day for reset and creation. It's our fresh beginning of a new week. Monday starts everything off and sets the tone and foundation for what's to come. Uh, also, take a little extra time while getting ready for work. Light a white candle, have your stones and your crystals nearby as you sip your coffee or tea, and set your intentions for the week. Also, connect with some moon deities. There's Diana, who has a crescent moon, Celine, who has the full moon, Artemis, who has the new moon, and Hecate, who has the dark moon. And five, and lastly, we, um, for my summary notes, we can honor the beautiful moon and Monday being her special day by dressing in colors of white, gray, silver, of course, wearing our moonstone jewelry. All of that will help embrace Monday Moon Day. Now, Monday is about nurturing our feelings and getting organized for the week. So wearing clothes that comfort us and make us feel safe are great on these days. And don't forget, we want clothes that are free-flowing, loose, and feminine, as they will complement the moon's energy. Now, back to working with the moon's phases during the seven days of the week. Obviously, Monday starts it off. Starts it off strong with Monday Moon Day. This is your new moon time. 
Tuesday, Wednesday, that's much like the waxing phase. You have energy. You might have some battles. You are getting things done. Thursday and Friday, full moon time. Things are at the peak of completion. You can celebrate. And then Saturday and Sunday is waning time when we are winding down. Another way we can work with the moon is working with the moon deities. Now, I'm not going to jump into this one in full detail since it's on the docket for next week's episode. Annika, who is uh, coming next week with me, works closely with Hecate, who is one of the moon goddesses, uh, specifically the dark moon. But I will say, um, as I just mentioned, Diana, who has the crescent moon. Diana is a Roman goddess of the moon and hunting. We've got Selene, who has the full moon. Selene is the Greek titan goddess of the moon. Artemis, who has the new moon, and Artemis is the Greek moon goddess of the hunt, and Hecate, who has the dark moon. Hecate is the Greek goddess of crossroads and the three paths. Those will be the four main deities that we'll be mentioning, but I'm going to pause it for now because we are going in deep next week. (laughs) So if you would like to honor the moon in your practice, you know, even more, and maybe incorporate um, it into your corporate world, There are easy ways to do it. The first is outfits, right? Dress in colors and wear jewelry that embrace her. The moon is all about nurturing our feelings, so wearing clothes that comfort us and make us feel safe are perfect. Just like I mentioned, we want those clothes that are free-flowing, that are loose and feminine. These are going to complement the moon's energy. And again, you'll want clothes that will provide comfort and make you want to snuggle up. Uh, Second one is colors. You know, top three colors for the moon are certainly white, silver, and gray, but... Another good area that complements the moon are going to be tones of blue. Now for jewelry, crystals, gemstones for the moons, there are a handful that can complement and enhance the moon's energy, but I have a top two. And of course, number one, the moonstone. It's so incredibly powerful and beautiful. I not only have the actual stones, I also have the amazing stones in jewelry um, that I usually do wear on Mondays, but I will wear them anytime I need the moon's energy. So Moonstone enhances your intuition. It's said to bring success in what you want to obtain in your business. Now, if you have a Moonstone or Moonstone jewelry, the best time to charge this stone is in the light of a waxing moon. Keep your Moonstones out of full moons, um, new moons, dark moons, and waning moons if you want them recharged. Really just focus on the waxing moon stage. So those nights, those other nights, are actually going to take away the Moonstone's energy. Now, a good crystal to have is a clear quartz crystal, which also enhances the Moon's energy. I know this is kind of our generic crystal, um, because you can always use it when you don't know what to use. But for the Moon, the clear quartz crystal will help us amplify our intentions, balance our efforts, and focus on what we need to do. Well, this is a good stopping point for today. And I think this episode at least covered the basics pretty well, so we can dive into the magical part of the moon next week and things we can specifically do with moon magic and our practice, because there's some good stuff. Okay, maybe I'm biased. I do love moon magic. But I have a poem for today's podcast, so let's switch over to that. Well, I wrote this back at the beginning when I started my podcast series, um, specifically with the episode for Monday Moon Day, and I still love it today. So it is perfect for wrapping today's episode up. The moon in her gentle and beautiful grace 
guides us through our witchy space. With turning tides and strings that pull, our hearts respond with emotions in full. The emotions speak of joy and pain, for without these our hearts abstain, and lost to be our paths would turn, forever gone our lessons to learn. So pull the strings of our heart she must, her guidance and vision like clockwork we trust. And with each month the time repeats, as intuition and instinct gladly meet. It's within these both that our strength is found. Her guiding moonlight is big and round. Or maybe yet, it's just a sliver, with an instant feeling that makes us shiver. The goosebumps rush and the vision comes clear. The moon gently whispers for us to hear. If we take our time and listen close, we'll get her guidance in a silver dose. Our deities for the moon, they say, are Diane, Celine, Artemis, and Hecate. Their message rings true, loud and strong, to the moon we trust and all belong. As we close our eyes and nightly dream, the moon repeats her beautiful theme. As she rises high into the sky to shine, our thoughts are clear and our hearts align. To honor her, our whites we wear with tones of gray and silver flare. Our moonstone rock and jewelry chain show how our love will never wane. We call upon her wisdom at night and charge our water in her shining light. As our crystals heal and our rhymes are said, she grants our words in the days ahead. And as those wishes and callings arise, our hearts with hers, she beautifully ties. Yet again, with her gentle and beautiful grace, she guides us through our witchy space. Well, that is all I have for you this week. Be sure to come back next week, a full moon Wednesday, when part two of Moon Magic will air. And I'll have Annika with me to join in all of the witchy fun we'll be talking about with the moon and our own personal practices. I hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend. I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes. <laughs>